Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then talk about it. This is page 986. Eight pages remain. Chronicler sat on the edge of the other couch facing Bast. I need to ask about some of the things you said tonight about the Cathay. We shouldn't talk about the Cathay. Bast's voice was flat and leaden. It's not healthy. The Sitha, then, Chronicler said. You said if they knew about this story, they'd kill everyone involved. Is that true? Bast nodded, eyes still on the fireplace. They'd burn this place and salt the earth behind them. Chronicler looked down, shaking his head. I don't understand this fear you have of the Cathay, he said. Well, Bast said, evidence seems to indicate that you're not terribly smart. Chronicler frowned and waited patiently. Bast sighed, finally pulling his eyes away from the fireplace. Think. The Cathay knows everything you're ever going to do. Everything you're going to say. That makes it an irritating conversationalist, Chronicler said. But not. Bast's expression went suddenly furious. The end we had. And soon we had Tylor and Tess. He spat almost incoherently. He was trembling, clenching and unclenching his hands. Chronicler went pale at the venom in Bast's voice, but he didn't flinch. You're not angry at me, he said calmly, looking Bast in the eye. You're just angry, and I happen to be nearby. Bast glared at him, but said nothing. Chronicle leaned forward. I'm trying to help. You know that, right? Bast nodded sullenly. That means I need to understand what's going on. Bast shrugged. sudden flare of temper had burned itself out, leaving him listless again. Quoth seems to believe you about the Cathay, Chronicler said. He knows the hidden turnings of the world, Bast said, and what he doesn't understand, he's quick to grasp. Bast's fingers flicked idly at the edges of the blanket, and he trusts me. But doesn't it seem contrived? The Cathay gives a boy a flower, one thing leads to another, and suddenly there's a war. Chronicler made a dismissive motion. Things don't work that way. It's too much coincidence. It's not coincidence, Bast gave a short sigh. A blind man has to stumble through a cluttered room. You don't. You use your eyes and pick the easy way. It's clear to you as anything. The Cathay can see the future. All futures. We have to fumble through. It doesn't. It merely looks and picks the most. End of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Drana. I'm Jeremy. And for the next several pages, Chronicler and Bast are basically having an argument about free will versus fate. And and what philosophically one should do if one believes that one's fate is preordained. This is perhaps setting up something for the next book, perhaps a theme. Certainly it's reckoning with something that if you're a reader who's been paying attention, you're probably wondering at in your own mind, which is... What does it mean for Quoth and for all of this if what Bast said about the Cathay was true? And I appreciate that Chronicler makes some good points that Bast isn't really able to refute about. Like, well, it can't have, it can't be all powerful and have perfect knowledge because of this, right? Like, that you we can still exercise agency in the in the world. Yeah, we'll get to that. I I quite like Chronicler's. Um therapist speak i think this like you're angry but and i'm nearby that is a good observation and it's like a good tool to hand someone with with anger problems to maybe mm-hmm. start to decouple like the blame for the anger with with a person who is simply 
nearby while you're experiencing it. I think Bast, uh, Chronicler is finally figuring out that Bast is like kind of like a child in terms of his emotions. He's dangerous, obviously, but he's like tempestuous. Uh, he's a deep well of emotions and and uh, impulse. And Chronicler has started to figure out how to address that. I was just going to say, it seems like Chronicler can read people really well, which is a nice character note for him. Yeah. Now that it seems like he has come to understand what kind of person Bast is a bit better, he's not as afraid of him, right? I think it's, you know, if you, if you like don't understand why someone is behaving in the way they are and they're behaving in a frightening way, you know, you're going to be afraid of them because you can't like, you can't even figure out why they'd be doing what they're doing because you have no, no way to understand what's going on. But I think that Chronicler, something has allowed Chronicler to kind of figure out, okay, I see a little bit more clearly why this person is behaving as they do. And therefore I find them less frightening, even if they are like, you know, still kind of a scary person. But I also think that this is a case where like Chronicler at the very least Chronicler thinks he knows better than Bast. And that gives him a kind of power over Bast too. Like you, you're not explaining the world to me, Bast. I'm explaining the world to you. And I, I have, come to a deeper understanding of this supernatural mystery than you, a creature of supernatural mystery, uh, have acquired. Now, you know, sidebar, Chronicler might be wrong, right? He might be overconfident in his estimation that the Cathay is not an all-powerful, all-malicious agent of prophetic doom, but he certainly thinks that. I don't know if he's reached that conclusion, but he certainly has the doubt, and he has more doubt than Bass does, and he's maybe identified that in order for Bast to get snapped out of his funk, he needs to also have that doubt. Because mm-hmm. Bast is so sure that everything is doomed now, everything is ruined. And so Chronicler still has these questions. He wasn't raised with, and we'll talk about, he'll, he will talk about this. He wasn't raised with the stories of the Cathay. He hasn't internalized the idea that it is so unerringly destructive. And so he thinks as we do, he thinks as a reader in our world does, who is approaching this, uh, logically and for the first time, it it can't be true for the reasons that we'll we'll explore. And so he's he's being a good friend to Bast. He has identified that he is having a bad time, and he's going to go give him a pep talk. And he's figured out the kind of pep talk he needs. Yeah, which kind of begs the question: Why? Why is Chronicler suddenly being nice to Bast? He's trying to help. He's trying to help Quoth. Right, but why? Indeed. Why did he seek out Quoth in the first place? We still don't really know. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, and I was trying to remember if they knew Chronicler was coming or not. No, no. Chronicler like basically like came upon them as like, I know your secret, buddy. I know who you really are. And so Chronicler sought sought him out. So Chronicler knew where he was going and who he was going to find, but they didn't know Chronicler was coming. Yes. That's right. Got it. We've, we've talked a lot about Bast's motivation here, but we actually haven't really talked about Chronicler's. That's because we don't know anything about it. <laughs> That's right, but we we have he's been such a neutral character. He's been our an observer. He's been a Watson, and you never suspect the Watson. So now I'm not going to come up with a whole crackpot theory about Chronicler being the real villain here, but I do think it's interesting that he has an interiority. He has his wants and needs and motivations for doing the things he does and making the decisions he does, and it's taken us until we have eight pages left in the book to start to wonder at what those might be. I suppose there were greater things for thinking of 
Right, but like that is not that not the kind of thing that Rothfuss would hide in plain sight. That's a very common trope, especially in like horror fiction, of like putting a character with your group of main characters who seems harmless, maybe even a little naive, uh, who then actually turns out to have hidden depths, possibly even hidden dangerous depths that you had not considered because they seemed so uh unobtrusive. Yeah, and certainly we're seeing those depths now. We're starting to plumb them. Mm-hmm. Because he is, he's working best very well. He is. I want to come back to your, I guess we can talk about it tomorrow, but like the way you were talking about Chronicler as a, uh, as someone who like is like a, uh, a skeptic of the cafe in religious terms, like that did make me think of like my own, you know, past in, in, the kids won't remember this, but like when I was in high school in like the early two thousands, there was a real strong kind of like, if you were not on the political right, if you were anywhere on the political center or the political left, then you were kind of by default, an anti-religious person or an atheist. Uh, but like, not just like a live and let live atheist, but an atheist who was determined to try and like reason people out of believing in their religion because you know, their religion was, doing a lot of like nasty stuff out in the world. And this reminds me a bit of like someone's trying to convince an atheist of like the, the religious reason for making a moral choice, right? You shouldn't, you should do this or you shouldn't do that because God will punish you. God knows what you're going to do and it's going to make him mad. And like, that doesn't work on me because I don't believe in God, but it works very well on someone who was raised in a environment where you do believe that like there is an external supernatural moral force at work in the world. That is kind of like, I think we'll get to that, that there is a bit of a, certainly a cultural and maybe a slightly religious fear of the Cathay. Like certainly Bast was raised to believe that these things about it are true and those guide his choices mm-hmm. uh, and, and his morality to an extent. Interesting to think that maybe the stories of the Cathay are exaggerated as a method of control of the Fae. I feel like it doesn't even need to necessarily uh, be religious to work that way, though. Because, like, think about, like, Y2K. Like, that was short-lived, but, like, a lot of people believed it. But Y2K was true. If they hadn't solved the problem, it would have caused a lot of bad stuff to happen. Yeah. There was a lot of work that went into fixing Y2K, and it did. And that's why it didn't happen. But, like, like like, not everything that was said about Y2K was was real like no, it everyone wouldn't have thought been that like, like all your computers falling would from shut down the sky. no it wouldn't have been like planes falling from the sky and like banks bank accounts being deleted and like it and would have been obnoxious but computers it wouldn't kicking have been you in the nuts. well also we don't know the extent of it because they fixed it yeah that's, that's fair there's no telling how bad it might have been because it didn't happen because someone made sure it didn't happen because it was going to be bad okay but like i feel like it was blown out of proportion <laughs> i don't <laughs> i think people think that because it didn't happen I think a better metaphor, Jordana, is like moral panics, like rainbow parties and stuff like that. Like things that actually never happened that people got all huffy and up in arms about. Yeah. Reasonable. I've actually never heard of a rainbow party unless it is a party in which there are many things that are rainbow colored, which sounds great. Yeah, let's let's just say that. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it, okay. it, it is said, Jordana, that is correct. And listeners, you can write in and explain to us the, the weird... Uh, moral panic at your high school, or in in my case, grade school. Ew, you were in grade school having rainbow parties? Well, no one was having them, but people <laughs> thought that they were happening because people are insane. I feel like this is one of those things I just shouldn't Google. 
Yeah, don't don't Google. Listeners, never Google anything we talk about. It's never good. If you are blessed enough to not know what a rainbow party is, just like let that be. You don't need that in your head because they never happened. Unlike yes. Y2K, they never happened. Yes. Do we have a letter? We actually don't. Well then, uh, so... I guess we're going to have to explain to Jordana what a rainbow party is off the air. Uh, no, that's good. That, that's okay. Thank you. It's none of that, please. On good another page of the wind. Wind. 